Hey friends, and welcome to the Moving Mountains podcast. Moving Mountains is a place to hear true stories of modern day miracles told by ordinary people just like you and me. My name is Paige, and I'm joined here in Alaska by my dear friends, Margaret and Bernadette, as we witness accounts of how God has worked in people's lives in big and small ways. As you listen to these stories of hope, answered prayers, and unexplained phenomena, we invite you to allow this space to inspire your faith and even to help you recognize the ways in which God is moving mountains in your own life. Welcome back. We are so excited for another episode with our special guest and our chaplain and friend, many hats, uh, Father Michael Shields. Um, But before we dive in and have him reintroduce himself, I think we're going to start with a very important question from Paige today. Yes, yes. All right. Would you rather... See 10 minutes into the future or 150 years into the future? Father Michael, what is your answer? 10. Only 10. <laughs> I, could, I could not handle 150 years. It's Actually, about a minute and a half would be fine for me. <laughs> I must say, I totally agree with you, Father Michael. I have no interest in seeing that far into the future because I know it would just cause probably some joy, but also a lot of anxiety and stress. And I'm, I don't think God designed my brain to handle that. So <laughs> I'd choose 10 and probably wouldn't even want that unless it was a normal day. <laughs> what about you, Margaret? Can I answer neither? <laughs> it's funny how I think when we're younger, we're, we kind of had this idea of knowing things like, ooh, mm-hmm. you know, when's this going to happen? Where am I going to go? But mm-hmm. at this point, I realized like God has our plan in place how it is and where it is and we're not meant to know beyond what we already know so um i'm gonna say neither (laughs) so actually i think that i would have less anxiety seeing 150 years into the future (laughs) because i know like depending what you saw (laughs) true but i won't be around by then (laughs) so that's my great-grandchildren's problem, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like 10 minutes into the future is a little like, oh, man, I know what's coming. Mm. <laughs> you know, so good nice. answers, everyone. <laughs> good it question, nice Paige. <laughs> well, Father Michael, before we dive in, um, I just want to tell our listeners, we have had Father Michael on the podcast a couple times already in season one. He, um, in our very first or our second episode, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Um, we discussed what is a miracle and he answered a lot of questions and gave a lot of really amazing insight. So definitely go back and listen to that if you haven't heard that episode. And he also came back later on season one to talk about the mission in Magadan and share some more miracle stories. And today we have him back because we could probably record 100 episodes with him and he'd keep having more stories to share. So um, there are just other stories we've heard in the years of knowing him that we wanted to have a chance to share with a larger audience. So we're really excited to have him back today. But if could you just give a quick intro again? Yes, I, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be with, with these amazing Catholic women who want the world to know that, the, that life has full of God's presence. And even in suffering and cross that God is there, miracles is a fact. And we say, you know, uh, you have to believe in miracles if you're Christian because the amazing miracle is the risen, risen Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, that's what we're celebrating in this time of ch- church year. Uh, the first proclamation of the church was not God is love. It wasn't love one another. It was Christ is risen. And then you say, indeed, he's risen. So it's Amen. an affirmation of the miracle that Christ can bring out life out of death. So he can bring out anything out of suffering and the cross. He is an amazing God. Amen. 
Thank you. Well said, Father. <laughs> and also, we're just recording all of these stories of Father Michael so that when he dies and his cause for canonization is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the souls in purgatory, I, I have to be prayed for every day. <laughs> we Father will Michael, definitely be praying for you, but I have a feeling you'll be praying for us even more. Uh, yeah, so. I just don't know that you're going to die because you have these near-death experiences and, and then God's yeah. like, nope, it's not your time yet. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, we could yeah, do yeah, probably yeah. like a four-part series on Father Michael's near-death experiences. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, um, I know Paige and Margaret, you had a couple stories in mind that you'd like to hear. And Father Michael, you have a conversion story. Yeah, just so. a beautiful story of a very close friend of mine. She's so beautiful. Would you like to dive in with that? Well, it's a, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll dive in with that one because her name is Sveta. And Sveta is, uh, she. I've been out of Russia for five years. I regularly get notes from her and they go like this. You are my true father. Oh. You've given me so much. Oh my gosh! And uh, what happened was, Sweta came to the church, um, same-sex relationship with uh, a member of the church. I didn't know, and she said, "Could I join the Catholic club?" Okay, <laughs> okay Sveta, I know we have good breakfasts here, but it's not a club. It's people who follow Jesus Christ, and we try and follow His leading and His morals. And so things are going to have to. To change if you want to join us mm. and he can help you so uh, Sveta uh, started the process and uh, I said you know what can change first is your relationship you have to look at it that's not of the Lord and so she said well uh, we'll just sleep together in the bed and I said Sveta when you're on a diet and you put a chocolate cake in front of you you're gonna eat the chocolate cake mm -hmm. so we're gonna have to do something different mm. so I bought her an apartment so she could live yeah. separate the relationship uh, was healed, and uh, she was hated by her mother. Uh, she was rejected by her mother. She was put in an orphanage, oh. and her mother never wanted to see her again. Mm -hmm. And so uh, she found out at the age of five or six she had a mother, so she begged to see her. The mother showed up and said, uh, I hate you. Oh I wish God. you weren't born, and don't what? ever call me again. Oh my so gosh. you can imagine the anger and heart brokenness of a young girl. Her mother was rejected. Her father was an alcoholic. She lived in an orphanage. She was abused in every way possible. Oh my goodness. She came to the church an angry, broken, bitter 23-year-old. And um, so, and that's, she looked, as she said later, I was looking for love of my mother and, and a, a, a female person that's why I was looking for a mother I couldn't find her she oh, just, sure. you know her, yep. her relationships are really broken and so basically she was also a very talented director she directed plays mm. so yeah. I said Sveta you're gonna direct our kids in Saint plays that is going <laughs> Saint all this year that's our faith faith formation you just choose a saint learn about the saint and then we'll have a play that's so great. all of the summer, all the, all, the, all the winter, we had children learn more about their faith this way. Mm, Sveta learned more about the church beautiful. that way. And little by little by little, her heart started changing. And I could see what happened was uh, the, the difficulty, of course, of bitterness and anger in her heart was melted. But what happened was she fell in love with the Blessed Sacrament. Mm -hmm. In the mornings I would pray from eight to nine and she, I, she, she finally got, she kicked out of her apartment so I put her upstairs in the church uh, in a little 
cubby hole above the sacristy and she could, you can look down on the Blessed Sacrament and the altar. So in the morning when I, I would chant uh, some and, and pray for the blessed sound, she'd be there with her head looking through the window like, Aww. what? What is going on down there? <laughs> you know, ubi caritas, you know, I'd be singing that. And she'd be mouthing it. And pretty soon it was very obvious that she wanted to be there. So I invited her down and we'd start to pray every morning. And uh, she became healed by the blessed sacrament. Wow. She she would kneel for an hour and not move a muscle and just look at Jesus. And little by little by little, he just saw how much her heart was being melted. And what happened then finally, she I want to tell her, the mother never reconciled with her. Mm-hmm. But Sveta had to forgive her. Mm-hmm. And that moment, that time, that place... Um, I can remember where she just became free and uh, still a really emotional, powerful person. She could, she could come to the room and just lay you flat (laughs) in in love. I mean, she'd just be a strong personality, but um, eventually what she happened, she just went to Poland, looked to join a religious community, but um, that didn't work out. So she's in Poland now. She's a nurse. Uh, She's taking care of elderly. And uh, like I said, I, of anybody that I have come to really watch what a conversion is. is Sveta converting wow. from a dark, dark, dark place to a place of deep light. And like I said, every every month, at least twice or three times a month, it's just a, fence, a simple thing. You have become such a father to me. You have changed my life. I just thank you. And uh, it's, wow. it's a, for the Father's heart, it's really a beautiful thing. That is so beautiful. Yeah. What a gift. You know, two things that really stuck out to me, Father, are the power of forgiveness and then obviously the power of the love of Christ because when you run to true love you yeah. can't help but find it eventually right so yep. we have to spend time but we also have to get rid of the bitterness on our heart yep. so it's it starts with almost starts with forgiveness and then you're able to open up your heart to let yeah. in that love and yeah. there's no better love so why i mean she she praised the lord found that you know, and that's partly because of you. But what a gift. I'm, that's an amazing story. It is. And then she's an amazing woman. And one thing that I also noticed about it is in our day and age, of course, there's a positive focus on therapy and so many different types of healing. But it's so beautiful to have this reminder of no matter what support you're getting, all of it is really just drawing you back to the love of Christ where the true healing comes from. Like you, yeah. you can do the work through professionals and you know find different therapeutic tracks or whatever when you've been through trauma and you're healing but it's it's amazing to have these miraculous examples of where we don't actually need all of that if we can actually just come and experience the healing of the sacraments and the love of Christ yeah. and hearing I, I cannot even imagine what that would be like to be in an orphanage and then at such a young age have your mother say those things to you mm-hmm. and to grow up knowing I am not wanted, I'm actually loathed. Mm. Um, and that that kind of thing, you wonder how could someone heal from mm-hmm, that? It, mm-hmm. it almost seems impossible. And so just to hear that story of Christ drawing her in and healing her just almost directly, you know, through the sacrament, through meeting Father Michael, um, that's just a beautiful reminder of, you know, at the end of the day, really every source of healing and love just draws us back to God. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. I'm wondering, Father Michael, with, you know, the brokenness in her relationship with her mother, what 
if you know um what does her relationship with the Blessed Mother look like? Oh, it's there, of course, yeah. yes, there. And uh, just a, a side note to her, hus- her husband, her, her, she was never was married. <laughs> uh, her father, alcoholic, she cared for her father right till he died. Oh, wow. Uh, in reconciling with him. Wow. And uh, yeah, so yeah, she has a, uh, a living faith mm. and uh, um a real faith, you know. She, she, like I said, she's a real personality, mm-hmm. and I, I could see why she wouldn't fit into many religious communities because she would speak her mind. <laughs> <laughs> Sreta does not go away easy. Yeah, <laughs> that makes me think of. Well, I think this is probably worth mentioning that, you know, a lot of times our relationship with God can. I, I don't know, want to say stemmed, maybe you can speak to this better, Father, from our relationship with our own Father and our relationship with the Blessed Mother can, you know, mm-hmm. be related to our earthly relationship with our Mother. And we have to remember that God is perfect and Mary didn't sin. And so, you know, we can't, I don't know if you want to speak to that more. You no, I, I think you're right. I think we, we a kid thinks the parents are God until they find out they're not. <laughs> and then, and then, then they have to find that the Father in heaven. All fathers on earth are based on the fathers in heaven. There is no more perfect father than the Father in heaven. All mothers are based on the mother in heaven. There's no perfect mother like our Our Lady. So at, you make that leap, but but the love of the parents help you. And and then if you don't have the love of the parents, you have the love of the father and the and our mother. And I, mm-hmm. I've seen that many times where there was an absent father in the home. Where they, how can I know God's father's right. love? Because God loves you as a father, and you didn't have the love of a father. Mm-hmm. Get his love, and you'll understand what the father's love is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that has happened a number of times. Yeah, that takes me back to season one, John Barrientes. He was um, on our podcast. His episode is Losing a Mother and Gaining Another. And he starts out talking about how his father was never present and how he went on retreat and he was just so like, why am I not wanted by him? Mm. And a woman told him like, well, God, God, the father, he wants you. Mm. And how that just got the ball rolling and completely converted his heart. And Mm. then when he lost his earthly mother, how Our Lady of Guadalupe just like swept in Mm -hmm. with the help of his mother who, you know, is we hope in heaven. Um, and the two of them just took care of John. And yeah. so it is, yeah, just so beautiful over and over again to see how, because, yeah, we're <laughs> we're never going to be perfect earthly parents. No, no. And I think the parents realize that. And that, that and that's where you parents, you point the children to faith in the Father, mm-hmm, point mm-hmm. the children to faith in Our Lady. So yeah. you make sure at a very early age that they can have this relationship beyond yeah. you. Because there'll yes. be a time when you realize... My parents aren't perfect. Yeah. And honestly, it takes so much pressure off of me as exactly. a parent. Because exactly. I know, like, oh, I am going to mess up. I am not perfect. Exactly. I am going to mess up. But there are two perfect parents in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that we can that strive we can, to be yes, like. Yes. We yeah. can learn from and return to when we do mess up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. And so many times the Lord uses brokenness and suffering to lead us to him. And so... That just shows over and over again. And this story is definitely an example of that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so I know another one of the stories that we wanted to hear 
is also a story of, you know, you encountering someone who is broken and suffering and yeah. having to help him. So uh, I, one of my missions in Magadan, uh, I connected with the sisters of Mother Teresa and they were just really important in my spiritual life. They always asked me to do retreats. I said, what am I going to tell you about? <laughs> Wait, was Mother Teresa there? No, no, no. At least you didn't they, have that intimidation. There were other, I mean, all of them were holy sisters. Oh, of and, course. And so, but, but. And at one time I went and I had to do two houses, masses in the morning at six and at at seven or at eight. And so I lived away away and I had to take a, 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 the metro from one house to the other. And I was walking down the street and there was this gentleman, who was obviously very, very drunk and out of control and yelling, help me, help me, help me. Well, as a good priest I just walked right by him <laughs> and uh, then I thought in conscience I should go back and explain that I can't help him so I went back and I said listen I cannot help you because I'm going to say mass at the Mother Teresa sisters who help the poor and I thought that's kind of stupid <laughs> you know, that doesn't make much sense so I said okay what's the deal so he's drunk he's holding on to the pole he's weaving back and forth as so i said do you live around here yeah 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 so i said okay i'm going to point you in the direction you walk that direction if that's where your, your house is so we we're doing this you know gps with his body <laughs> and then eventually i'm over there i'm over there so he's, we're walking up and then they open up this, the door to the stairs walk up the stairs and it's a second floor and he says, oh, this is my apartment. And uh, opens the door, turns around as sober as you can be. He says, you did well. Oh, wow. Close the door. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I was too frightened to knock on the door oh to my... see if he was on the other side. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. I and just I got said, chills. <laughs> oh, I said, oh my goodness. I think it's an angel and a test. So the beautiful part about it, I, 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 was gonna, I thought it was going to be late. When I walked into the subways, the subway doors opened. Oh my gosh. I made it absolutely on time, the first time, absolutely on time to the two houses to celebrate Mass. Wow. Wow. When we do God's will, He he multiplies time or He makes it all work I, out. Absolutely, if, if it all works out. And, oh and the goodness. funny part about it is we have this image, you know, how to help somebody. And you just have to risk sometimes. You have to do that movement to risk your heart. Say, okay, Lord, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone now and do something for this person. Mm -hmm. And I think that was probably it. You know, I had my image of, of how I can help, uh, you know, by celebrating Mass with sisters. And here, this person is obviously, I, I, I believe, is a visit of an yeah. angel, to be yeah. quite honest, I think. Do you have any idea how much time from meeting no him idea, to... No idea, no idea, no idea, no idea. It was, I just realized <laughs> that it was a, a test of my own faith. Incredible. Yeah. Wow. That is a really crazy story. It is crazy, isn't it? <laughs> and looking back, like, at the time that that happened, do you think God was, you know, doing something in, in particular with your heart at that time? Or... I don't know. I, I think it was again. You know, you you know, we we want to do good Christian things to people, so we have an image of what that good Christian mm -hmm. thing. I'm going to celebrate the masses mm -hmm. with the sisters. That's right. my job. I'm a good Christian, 
And he goes, no, I'm going to stretch a little on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we as Catholics can think, well, this is what I do with my life. This is how I help the church. And this is how I serve the poor. And he goes, no, I'm going to do, do a little more with your life. Mm-hmm. And if we don't open up to that possibility, we're going to miss some real opportunities to be people of great charity and compassion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, what happened in my, it's just opened up my heart a little bit more to, to, to look beyond what I had planned, what I had thought, what I realized that no, God has some other plans. And I think that that in all of our lives, we can really say, uh, no, God, you're in control of my compassion. Mm -hmm. Teach me to be more compassionate. Stretch Mm -hmm. me on this one. Show me what it means to really serve with a a, abandonment. And I I think the people will come into your life because I think we we shut down because we have this image of this is how I'm going to serve. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I share my faith. Mm -hmm. We said, no, I think we're going to do something else. Wow. Yeah, that story definitely has a message for all of us. So thank you for sharing that one. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Switching gears a little bit now. Uh Uh-huh. So a fun fact about Father Michael is that he has summited Denali, um, which is 50 times. Just (laughs) (laughs) In my head. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't either. It's just one of Father Michael's amazing amazing feats. that. (laughs) Which, if you're unaware, Denali is the highest point in North America. 21,000. And it's technically supposed to be even more difficult to summit than Everest, right? Because, because you're going a, from sea level right. to that elevation mm-hmm. versus yeah. when you go to base camp for Everest, it's a much smaller distance um, or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. also yeah. like the weather changes so quickly around Denali because of the elevation and it kind of sticks up out of nowhere. Yeah. So yeah. So Father Michael <laughs> well, has a. It is. It was one of those things. I was actually raised in Talkeetna, just at the base of Denali, and always been there in my mind. And I finally uh, turned forty and said, "Okay, this is the time." And so um, I, uh, I, I had a, a, another team, a young woman who was really excellent uh, cross country skier and an ice climber, and we practiced for, or we, we prepared for a year. Uh, of course, I decided, we decided we wanted to go on the most difficult climb, which would be uh, Hudson Stuck's original climb in 1916 from the north side, a non, non-rescue side of the mountain. Uh, you have to ski in 35 mi- miles from uh, Wonder Lake before you even hit the, hit the Muldrow Glacier, and then you climb the Muldrow Glacier. And uh, it took 30 days, 27 up, wow. uh, 24 uh, up, and 6 down. Whoa, and um, wow. you had uh, 130 pounds, maybe two, a pack and two sleds. And, and uh, Father Michael, during this time, where were you in your priesthood? Uh, uh, I was uh, ordained uh, in 79, so I was 40 years old. I don't know. <laughs> but it's uh, four, 10, 12 years in the priesthood. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I, I summoned it on my uh, ordination date. June, Are you serious? June, June, oh, that's awesome. June 1st, or June 2nd, yeah. So, so the so it, it, there's a lot of things to that, and and, and climbing this mountain is is, is a real treat, and it's a real trek. And on that side, there is no uh, rescue. And the the sad part about it is that there was a, a climbing uh, same uh, makeup of two men and a woman climbing above us. There's a hundred mile an hour winds blew them off the mountain. They died. They were ahead of us. My mother uh, listened to the news that there was two oh uh, climbers oh, and two dear. men and a, a woman died and that they would be contacting the relatives. My mother said when they fo- she met me, she says, 
either you're going to die there or when I meet you, you're going to die. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're, I'm gonna, you know, so I put her into uh, three weeks of pretty much hard nose. So, so you didn't know about this. No, I, we didn't, didn't know. We didn't know later. We found out oh. later that they died. We we the wind was incredible. It, we it was a hundred mile an hour winds. We were luckily had put more tie downs on the tent. We had twenty one more tie downs, so our tent was fine. But it was a tough, 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 tough time. And so we finally summited, and uh, we our high point was sixteen nine, and it was an eighteen hour summit. Oh, and, my uh, gosh. 18 hours up and down. And when it, when we got to, to them, you're, I, I was so exhausted, but I wanted to call out, which was a rick, ridiculous because there's no call out at that place. There's no connection. But we took, I took them the, the, uh, the sat phone to, to call out. And I did something that no uh, alpine climber should ever do. You walk outside of your wand area. Your wand area is you check where, the, where it's safe to walk. Right. And I walked out around the edge of this cliff to call out and um, everything fell out from underneath me. Oh my gosh. It was a crevasse. Oh and my gosh. Um, it was a, 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 at the very edge of the crevasse at the cliff and it, it spiked out very quickly but where I was was just enough, just a, 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 about a foot and a half to two feet and I fell and I caught my crampons on both sides, front and back. Oh my gosh. And that's, uh, I looked down, it's an empty hole down there. Oh my gosh. But this time after 18 hours, you're, you're, which called your legs are, flam yes. are, are, are flaming, oh they're, they're shaking. I have no energy left whatsoever and I have to get myself out of this crevasse. And so uh, you, what you do is just kick up a little on one side, kick up a little on, kick up, mm. and tell I, was, I'd fall, I had fallen down to, to just above my chest area. Oh so I had to get up and get up and then finally I had my, my ice axe with me and drove my axes and rolled out. Now my teammate, they all were exhausted, they couldn't hear me at all. Oh my gosh. There was, and I thought to myself, this is how people die. <laughs> and I thought, this is really stupid. <laughs> what I did was really stupid, yeah. nobody should do this. And so, I, I mean, I, I, tr again, I credit it to, uh, to really the Lord to save me because, uh, and I was physically, really physically fit. So even at that, at that time of really exhaustion, I was able to pull it out. But yeah, it wow. was, it was could pretty you, amazing. Just for our listeners who aren't familiar with mountain climbing, could you just explain what a crevasse is? Crevasse is, is in a glacier. A glacier is a moving river. And it, it, it is moves uh, 10 to 15 feet uh, a year, sometimes more. And when it goes over humps, it cracks sometimes on top. So the crevasses is when the ice is cracked. And then it, it various levels of uh, crevasses can be not so deep, can be very deep. When we ske skied back, coming back, we went over lots of crevasses that were had an ice bridge on initially, and then they were open, so you had to ski around them. So yeah, that's people in glaciers, sometimes they're hidden, crevasses are hidden, so you're skiing along and all of a sudden it goes out from under you and you're in a crevasse. You, you have to learn how to, to take yourself out of a crevasse, mm -hmm. how to use uh, uh, the equipment that's given you to exercise uh, your way out of a crevasse. And right. we, uh, we practice that a lot. So Right. But up that high, most people who would fall through a crevasse would Well, not. you're exhausted. That's the whole thing. Right. And and usually that deep, like... You're well, and then in, we were roped. I wasn't roped. I so, was going to say, aren't you so, normally roped yeah, to yeah. someone? So you're oh, roped you up. All the wrong like coming right. down and we're skiing, we're telemarking skiing down the glacier and, and a crevasse, uh, an ice bridge 
brakes and you just pull the person over because oh you're going down by momentum oh right and oh. but but yeah so i wasn't roped up we were it was again it was the most stupid thing anybody would tell you this is the worst thing you could do yeah is, is go out of your wanted area your wanted area when you make a camp you set up wands and you punch mm. them through to see where the crevasses mm. are mm -hmm. and see where the ice bridges are and then you set your tent and you don't ever go outside of that area wow mm. i'd like to know what your union with your your climbing buddies was after that See, they guys. were so exhausted i didn't even tell them till the next day <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. yeah you probably could barely speak by i the could time. barely speak. i oh was just goodness. i think I, I came into the tent and i think my words were i almost died yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> we all did they thought it meant going up to the top yeah your father michael almost died yeah wow what like in that moment was there anything that you like any prayer you shouted out no i i was so exhausted i just wanted to get out and i i thought to myself like this is really dangerous like usually i don't think those words but this this was like this is really how people die yeah there is this is how people get killed on mountains yeah wow dang yep maybe there's an angel pulling you out somewhere yeah i think we have like tag team tag team angles <laughs> for your life definitely <laughs> <laughs> and i remember and you can jump into this story also um you not too long ago got in a car accident yeah. driving to the airport right and yeah. you had said that was the first time you actually thought you were going to die yeah right? this was this was a head-on collision and a, a guy had turned down on a on, a, on my uh, on a yellow or a red light and um what happened was I, I, I looked at the car and I, I was going 55, he was going 55, there's no way we could brake. Mm. It was just that quick. And I looked at windshield and I thought, I'm gonna go through that windshield and I'm going to see the face of my my savior. Mm -hmm. And that's what came, I was, honestly, I said, okay, this is it. This is it, the end of my life. Mm -hmm. So I woke up and I apparently had undone the seatbelt and I rolled up on, onto the pavement and uh, I couldn't breathe. I had broken uh, my, my uh, sternum in three different places. And I could crawl over to see how the other guy was. He was a young man crying. I, he was mm. fine. And I just couldn't breathe and couldn't breathe and couldn't breathe. And then um, some people, lovely people, stopped to help me. And, and I was in shock, obviously. And so the, the people came with the uh, ambulance. And they said, uh, we're going to take you to the hospital. And I thought in my mind, that's going to be expensive. <laughs> So, just take me home. And they said, I don't think we can do that. Oh my goodness. I said, I said this can be really expensive. Oh my goodness. So, you sound like my grandma. The mind in shock. <laughs> so the, the beautiful part about it is, is the sternum um, healed um, in three weeks. Uh, they didn't have to open it up to, to tack it. They, want, they wow. thought they were going to have to tack it together. And then I, my first homily, I said to the people in St. Michael's, I said, you know, I, I was looking forward to go through that window and see the face of my Lord, and I'm here, and all I see is your face. It's very, <laughs> very disappointing. <laughs> I remember being there for that. Oh my gosh. Everybody was laughing. Yeah. Well, I remember seeing you maybe like two weeks after the car crash, and I fully expected you to be in like a full body cast yeah. and you were just like up and walking around yeah. and it was like okay i'll just give you a light hug and nothing it, looked different or, yeah yeah it, it really amazing. was a beautiful and again to stay physical fit because it, mm. that's what happened was i was able to heal internally that they thought they certainly had to be uh, 
had to be uh, pull the sternum back together, but didn't happen. So, so the note to self for everyone today: work out. Absolutely, stay healthy. (laughs) Yes, and wear your seatbelt. That is an absolute necessity. Anybody doesn't wear a seatbelt is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) (laughs) So I think we're going to move into mini miracles. And if you remember or don't remember, mini miracles is when we share just the way the Lord has worked in our lives in the recent past. Um, It can be a big way. It can be a small way. It can be something as simple as, I don't know, wildlife viewing or a simple answer to prayer or anything. So um, Father Michael, we'll let you think about that for a minute because you probably have about 500 in your archive. I don't know if so, I have small ones. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then we'll definitely take you from that. <laughs> Only um, large so, miracles yeah. for Father. Mega miracle for Father Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Mega miracles for us. Paige, do you have one today? Um, yes. Okay. So I was thinking about it and I actually decided to pull one from my archive. Mm. Um, Father Michael's story about the angel or potentially drunk man um kind of inspired it so this happened years ago um way before i even met christian you know we were just in like the young adult crowd um going around downtown bar hopping and we're walking past i don't think it was fully winter yet but it it was definitely cold outside um and there are a lot of homeless people downtown um and so we walk past we're about to cross the street. We're waiting for the light. And we see a man just laying down. And my first initial thought is like, oh, well, it's a homeless man. There's lots of homeless people who kind of just camp out around downtown. Mm-hmm. And one of our friends is like, I don't know if that's a homeless man. I think that guy is drunk and might need our help. And a lot of us are like, no, like he's probably just a homeless man. Like, let's just go. And this one friend is just being so persistent. Like, no, we really need to go check this guy out. And so we walk over and he's like, hey, man, do you need help? And he's like, yeah, I'm like so drunk. I don't know how to get home. I don't even know where I am right now. And so we ended up being able to like help him up, call him a cab, get his driver's license, pay for the cab and get him safely home. And we like got his phone number and everything. And he texted our friend the next day and was like, thank you so much wow. for getting me home. Wow. Like, and honestly, like he potentially could have died on the street that sure. night. Sure. Um, so yeah, I just think that that, I like often reflect back on that. Mm. Um, and so Father Michael's story today yeah. brought that back mm-hmm. up. And I was like, wow, yeah, like we, it's so easy to ignore the person on the street yeah. Yeah. Um, and and yeah think that you're being Christian in all these other ways but when there's right. this pulling like for our friend he just had this pulling yeah. of his heart that was like no we have mm. to do something mm-hmm. um, so yeah what about you Bernadette well mine is not as profound as that but <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I celebrated my birthday this week and our two kids have been kind of struggling lately. It's just been a lot going on in the house, so some chaos, and our son is almost two, so he's just been going through that phase. Um, And anyway, we've just, it's been a a hard season of parenting, of course, a beautiful one, but my husband said yesterday um, that he had prayed for my birthday that the kids Mm. would be super good and they were <laughs> wow. like uh our son michael just was he's been having a lot of tantrums and just separation anxiety and 
taking a couple hours to fall asleep for his nap and bedtime. Yesterday was so much better. And then my husband took us out for breakfast and dinner for Mm -hmm. my birthday so I didn't have to cook. And Michael was a dream and Isabella just slept in her car seat the whole time. And so that just hasn't been happening at all recently. And we just had one day like that. So that was my mini miracle. Good birthday. He was like, I prayed for it. And we had like such a pleasant family day together because the kids were so good. (laughs) So yeah. Amen. What about you, Margaret? So my miracle is actually someone else's miracle that I'm going to share. So this weekend, we had a confirmation retreat. Awesome. Had some um, sisters, the Dominican sisters of Mary, the mother of the Eucharist. Father Michael also came to hear confessions. Thanks, Father Michael. (laughs) Um, No, it was an extraordinary weekend, and these sisters were so beautiful. Um, Their mother house is in Ann Arbor, but these sisters came from Sacramento, and neither had been here before. I guess I should give a shout-out to Sister Immaculata and Sister Mary Bernard. Um, Hopefully you listen to this someday, but... Anyway, they had two prayers when they came to Alaska. They prayed that they'd see a moose, and they saw a moose, I think it was the first day, and they also prayed that they see the northern lights. And at this time of year, it's a lot harder to see the northern lights because mm-hmm. it's we have a lot more light right now and all that stuff. So It's not as cold. It's mm-hmm. exactly. And the night before they left, there was a tremendous northern lights display in the middle wow. of the night. I didn't get up to see it, but a ton of people did, and I saw some of the pictures, and I was like, not only did they get their prayer answered... Um, I would verify that they did see the lights, but um, it was a spectacular wow. show. That's it wasn't amazing. just like, oh, there's yeah. a couple little, you know, swirls in the sky. It was yeah. really amazing. So I just felt like the Lord, that was a huge gift for them, yeah. um, that he provided that for them. And they were just thrilled and beside themselves because people will come up to see them and never see them. Um, oh, so yeah. yeah, it was just a huge gift. So I mean, people, I know people who are born and raised here and have never yeah, seen right. them. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So yeah I, I always cool. miss them. I always miss them. <laughs> I've seen Being them. Being like a normal person. <laughs> yeah. Wake up and go, where is it? And go back to bed and 15 minutes later, you just missed the most. <laughs> I'm the same. Yeah. There was one time, it was a uh, maybe two months ago or something, it was like 9 p.m., which usually the Northern Lights, their peak time is like 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. And so it was 9 p.m. And I got like five text messages to my phone that said, Northern Lights are out Mm -hmm. (laughs) from all these different friends. And so we were at another friend's house and we all just ran outside and we're like, wow. It was so amazing. It's like, thank you for the gift of these being out early and not late. All right, Father Michael, you're not so many miracles. This is uh, actually, as a pastor, you want to take Care of your staff and I just realized our staff is underpaid so I was really trying to to look at what to do to bring their their salary up and mm. we don't have the money and mm. so I've just this is thing you got to you gotta, everything is prayable mm-hmm. so I just say okay Lord I just need mm-hmm. to figure this out and um, so I've raised everybody's salary I don't know where the money's gonna come from and the <laughs> next day uh, we get from the archdiocese uh, the amount almost exactly oh is a COVID uh, rebate what? and so I showed this to our finance committee he says what else do you want to pray for oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I think we forget that everything is prayable mm-hmm. yeah. our finances are prayable mm-hmm. yeah. our health is prayable our relationships are prayable. That is not the last thing we do. That should be the first thing mm, we do. Yeah, Prayer yeah. is not something you do when you can't do anything else. Mm. Prayer is what you do when you start anything. Yeah, and Such a good and, and I, I I think my my sense is that the that that sense of God's care for us is so great, 
and uh, I'm not so sure that you get an answer to your finances every day, right. but you're going to get a picture of what you need at that moment, and you can be able to figure out the next step. Yeah. And so I, I think for for one thing, you know, we're not talking about the we're talking about the uh, gospel of finance, but I, I I do believe we forget that we can pray mm. for everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I had one friend who she sings and we had noticed over you know some time that her voice just got so much better and so someone was like wow your voice has really improved and she was like i prayed for it to improve oh my gosh and and she was like not for my own glory but like she's singing you know Mm -hmm. praise and worship songs Mm -hmm. and for masses and she was like i prayed to the Holy Spirit for him to improve my voice and I think he actually did. Wow. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, oh my everything. gosh, yes, everything is prayable. Yes. Everything is prayable. Mm-hmm. Our prayer and trusting that Jesus will answer how he, he will. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's a huge act of trust. I, I, I just was re- meeting uh, over on the phone of people in Magadan who are suffering terribly mm. by this war and all. Mm. It was I was just realizing, you know, I was saying to them, you know, how's it going to my there's an alcoholic problem in the parish there's all kinds of things happening and basically um i said uh how are you doing she says this is this is the woman uh that's running the parish she says well father jesus said to pick up your cross daily well, mm. how, what do you expect mm. oh my gosh <laughs> so i said you just pick up your cross realize he's with you and you move through what you have to move through because you're not alone yeah, and I, I think again that that's praying. That's that's what prayer does. You just realize you're not alone. Yeah. So even if it's not completely figured out, you've got that connection with the Holy Spirit that can allow you to understand that God is with you in everything. Mm-hmm. Speaking yeah. of prayer, should we pray? <laughs> I don't remember who's closing in prayer today. Father, Father Michael. Michael. <laughs> oh. uh, Sorry, uh, Father Michael. I forgot about you. You're yeah, sitting yeah, right yeah, next to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is my job. <laughs> In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. God the Father, we come to you as sons and daughters, brothers and sisters of Jesus. We thank you for the community of faith that you've gathered, especially community in, in this podcast, those that hear and listen. That Lord, just let the wisdom of your Holy Spirit fill hearts. Let the wisdom of your Holy Spirit touch lives. Let the wisdom of your Holy Spirit change us that we might be really, truly sons and daughters of yours, that we can show forth the compassion and love and mercy that we all know so deeply in our hearts that we can trust you that we can be more simple and more complete with our prayer that we trust you in every part of our life and we just thank you lord that we have that kind of a father we thank you that we have that kind of a savior we have that kind of love that's poured out to us in our hearts as paul says and as the holy spirit is poured out into our hearts Mm. and uh and then we end with this greatest gift that Jesus gave us, which is his mother and our mother. And I just ask us to join in anything, any way in which you need to join uh, your problems, your issues, your sufferings, your questions, your doubts, place them before Our Lady as, as really the mother of our Savior and our mother. And we pray, Hail Mary, Full of grace, grace. the Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou among women, and, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady, Seat of Wisdom, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. And Venerable Fulton Sheen, pray for us. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Father. You're welcome. Thank you. So great. 
All right, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Moving Mountains podcast. If you have a miracle story to tell, please call our hotline at 412-449-9609. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Moving Mountains Podcast AK. We encourage you to subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and share our podcast with others. We'll see you next time.